it was the fear of the unknown. She said, this is a long disease and you, you just have to let go. She said, you have to let go and go with it. Cause she said, the more you fight it, the harder it is. This is Still Here, a podcast from WFAE that asks, what does resiliency look and feel like to you? And how have you felt and been impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic? People, so many people have died and so many family members, you know, have gone through things that you can't even imagine this could have happened. What helped you overcome the challenges you faced? And what did you do to cope? We're very fortunate to be here. A lot of sad things happen, but our family's tight together. And, you know, we got by because we have a wonderful group of family and friends. I'm Sarah D'Elia. In today's story, we hear from a Charlotte woman who survived a severe case of COVID-19 with the help of her family who refused to let her give up. Marcy Sheely will always remember her 62nd birthday. It was April 8th, 2020, near the beginning of the pandemic. Her immediate family was there, her husband and their two kids. They knew they wouldn't be leaving the house, but decided to get dressed up anyway. She wore a bright orange dress with black sandals. She remembers the flavor of her birthday cake. Yeah, it was almond. She knew the cake was almond, but not by taste or smell. In the weeks leading up to her birthday, she had contracted COVID-19 and temporarily lost those senses. She was sick for 16 days. I really feel lucky to have had the support I had and the care and to be here. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like you weren't sure if you were going to make it to that birthday. No, I, I, I wasn't sure I was going to make it through this disease. The small group of family that gathered for her birthday that year wasn't just her support system. They had been her caretakers. Marcy's not sure how she came into contact with the virus, but her symptoms came on quickly and were severe. She was tired and could feel pressure in her lungs. Her doctor told her to try and get a COVID test at a nearby urgent care. So I drove over there and they wouldn't see me because I was coughing so much and they wouldn't let me in the door. She eventually was able to get a COVID test, but wouldn't get her results for 11 days. Her doctor told her something that would seem counterintuitive under normal circumstances. Even though she was sick, she needed to stay out of the hospital. Marcy has asthma, and he worried she would be placed on a ventilator. His reaction to me was, we need to keep you out of the hospital and off a ventilator. He said, if you go to the hospital, you're going on a ventilator and you're going into isolation. Along with the drugs he prescribed her, he added one other treatment, family. So he said, if your family can take care of you, that's the goal. Marcy's fever bounced for days from 102 degrees to 104. Her body ached in a way she had never known. The only relief she could get from her splitting headache was to put an ice pack on her head and wait for it to pass. I had breast cancer 11 years ago. I had a double mastectomy and it was the worst pain I've ever had in my life. COVID was worse because it was so long. You know, with that, you knew you were recovering. With COVID, it was just such a long, painful sickness. Her family became her nursing team. Her son talked to her doctor about medicines and made sure that they were administering them correctly. Her daughter would check her temperature and oxygen levels. Her husband made sure she was drinking enough water. So they would take my oxygen level and my temperature every 30 minutes. They'd come in in masks and gloves and 
check on me around the clock. And it was, that's what they did. At times, because of her high fever, Marcy would hallucinate. Her daughter used to play the flute when she was a little girl. She's now in her mid-20s and hasn't played since. But Marcy could swear she could hear her playing. I still, to this day, remember hearing her. It was pretty and soft. And that's what I remember. And I thought, oh, I'm so glad she's taking that up again. It was just a beautiful sound. And it was, it was soothing. And I would hallucinate other things. It was just I had a high fever. There were several times when the pain was so great, her fever was so high, her lungs were so tight that she thought she wasn't going to make it. It was during those times she relied on her childhood friend, Nancy, who lives in Colorado and is also a doctor. She was calling me and FaceTiming me. She said, I know you. She, she said, I know you're anxious. You just have to go with this. She said, it's a really long sickness and you're just starting out. And I remember feeling so depressed then going, I can't do this for that much longer. Nancy was the friend Marcy could call at 2 a.m., lying from the bathroom floor, exhausted and dehydrated. Nancy was the friend who would then call Marcy's family and tell them they needed to pump her full of fluids or she'd be heading to the hospital. So she would talk me through and then she would call my family and say, make her drink, make her drink. I don't think I would have gotten through without her. Those 16 days moved so slowly. She didn't watch TV. She couldn't look at her phone screen. The only way she knew time was passing was from a tree that was outside her bedroom window. And I took a picture and I was like, I can't believe I've been in bed that long to see this tree change colors. Time did eventually pass and Marcy did get better. Thanks to her family's care, she stayed out of the hospital and never had to worry about what would have happened if she had been put on a ventilator. Marcy was able to be resilient and keep up her 16-day COVID fight because of her family and friends who would not let her give up. That included a text chain of friends constantly checking in on her. Even her dog, who is typically not allowed on the furniture, curled up next to Marcy and refused to leave her side. So when she headed downstairs for her pandemic birthday in April of 2020, it was a big deal. It was only the second time she had been to the lower level of her house since she had gotten sick. And although her friends and other family members couldn't be there to celebrate her birthday, her daughter Grace had collected videos from everyone wishing Marcy a happy birthday, including a clip from her mother Joyce, who she hadn't seen in months. I want to wish your mom the most wonderful, happy birthday. She's given us all a good gift all her life, and we can't thank her enough. Hearing her mom's voice meant a lot. They were incredibly close. As Marcy's health began to bounce back, her mother's slowly declined. She had Parkinson's disease. And in July, Joyce was admitted into the hospital. When it was clear Joyce was dying at the age of 95, the family moved her back to Aldersgate, where Marcy's father was. So the couple, who had been married for over 70 years, could be together. So she spent her last couple weeks in a room next to my father, which was great. And he really wanted her to be there for his 99th birthday. So she lived till his 99th birthday and she died the next morning. A few weeks ago, Marcy turned 63, and this most recent birthday couldn't have been more different than her last one. For one, she was fully vaccinated. She was able to leave her house. She traveled. 
She spent her birthday with her husband in Turks and Caicos. While she sat on the beach this year and enjoyed the sun, she knew she was lucky, she says. She kept thinking back to how sick she had been and how fortunate she was to have family that let her lean entirely on them. She was so thankful for those family members and those friends that helped her put one foot in front of the other so she could see yet another year around the sun. I'm Sarah Delia. This is Still Here. If you have a story idea for Still Here, email me at sdalia at wfae.org. Find me on Twitter at Sarah WFAE, and that's Sarah with an H. Still Here is produced and reported by me and edited by Greg Collard. Our theme music was composed and produced by Patrick Bowden and Patrick Lee. Together, they make Patrick Otto. Our really beautiful logo was made by Matthew Scott. Learn more about the series at wfae.org slash stillhere. Subscribe to Still Here anywhere you find podcasts. Still Here is powered by Ortho Carolina. Thanks for listening.